Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. I want to take just a moment to say thank you to all our listeners who join in and listen to the episodes each week. Thank you to those who are new uh, to the podcast and listening to the episodes. We pray the content is helpful, encouraging to you. Pray that it'll help you to know what you believe, why you believe it, and really settle a foundation for you that you can build upon. That's really our goal and our aim with taking your next step is being a better follower of Jesus Christ. Real quick, I want to apologize for the way my voice sounds. It sounds like I've got a paper clip or a chip clip, if you will, on the end of my nose. Uh, Sometimes you get head colds and you have to go to work and you have to continue. Uh, And that's where I find myself. So I understand if you would like to press stop and join with us maybe on the next episode. Uh, You can have an excuse, right? But nonetheless, we're going to keep continuing on with our thought. We are looking at the inner struggle, uh, the battle between the flesh and the spirit. We're going to go into the fruit of the Spirit. That's where we're going. But I'm just trying to build a bridge because we came off talking in First Peter about the, the adversary, Satan, how he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 4 at the temptation of Jesus. There's some very powerful truths here that we learn that we can also apply to our life and I think will help us really to be victorious, to discern the voice of that we need to listen to, to understand which voice is speaking to us, whether it's the voice of the spirit or the voice of the flesh or of Satan. Uh, But as we come to our passage here, we want to look at this idea of spending time in the wilderness. When you hear the word wilderness, what comes to your mind? For some people, it's relaxing. It's God's creation. They like nothing more than to go into the wilderness, as you can imagine with uh, trees and a forest. That's maybe what comes to mind in one way. Some people love nothing more than to sit in a deer stand and wait for a deer to walk out. It's very serene. On the other side, many people think about the wilderness and would be scared to death. The noises, uh, being alone, they would be full of fear. Maybe the animals that would run by and scatter and slither by. Uh, When you think about wilderness, uh, many times you think about lonely or desolate. Uh, You think about isolation. In Scripture, Uh, specifically wilderness means this. It means desolate, deserted, lonely waste. And it typically refers to an uninhabited place with no resources. Now, as we come to the temptation of Jesus, what I want us to see here on our first episode is Jesus is coming off what we would refer to as a spiritual high, a spiritual victory. Uh, He is initiating his ministry. He's being baptized by John the Baptist in chapter three. The Holy Spirit comes upon him Uh, His father speaks and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so here's Jesus on this spiritual mountaintop. And then instantly, chapter 4, verse number 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And we understand he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. He's fasting, and the Bible says he was hungry after that. And the tempter came to him and said, and then he begins the temptations. We understand there's three of them. We'll look at those on our next episode and pull some truths. But what I want you to see as he is on a spiritual mountain high, and then instantly Jesus finds himself facing extreme temptation. 
But the interesting fact here is the Spirit led him into the wilderness. It wasn't Satan that led him into the wilderness. It wasn't just Jesus going into the wilderness. It was the Spirit of the living God, right after a spiritual victory, led Jesus directly into a lonely and deserted place. Why? Why did the Spirit lead Jesus? Why would the Spirit lead you and I into a lonely and wilderness, a a desolate place? Why would he allow this temptation to occur? Well, one consistent pattern we see in Scripture is right after a significant spiritual event, temptations resume more strong than ever, stronger than ever. So here's Jesus for 40 days, all alone. What do you mean he's all alone? He's all alone with his thoughts. Now, he knew the Spirit was leading him right into the wilderness to be tested. But I wonder what was going through his mind. How was he feeling during this time? You know, we can't remove the humanity of Jesus. Jesus had real thoughts, real emotions, real feelings, and he faced real temptations. Just like you and I. You and I are no different than Jesus. He experienced everything that you and I experienced. What was his mental state? What was his emotional state? Was he stressed? Was he feeling anxious? But no matter his mental state, Jesus allowed God to lead him there and ultimately to perform a great work in his life. Now, what did Jesus do to prepare himself in the wilderness? We see that he fasted and he prayed. Why fast? It is fasting that actually left him open to Satan's first temptation because the fact that he was hungry from fasting, that's where Satan came in. But we understand this leading him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil was for a specific purpose. You see, the wilderness that you and I find ourselves in many times is not a place that is unintentional. It's not a place that God cannot work. It's not a place that God would not lead us to because we see in Scripture God led him there. And we're going to look at some other examples here of how God leads people. Sometimes we put ourselves in the wilderness by our own choices because we run from the will of God. We run from what God wants us to do. We bring consequences because of our sin, because of our actions, and we find ourselves in a lonely, desolate place where we're down in a valley, where we can't quite hear from God, feel God's presence, feel God's leading. And we find ourselves there because of our own actions. Sometimes we find ourselves there because of the actions of other people. They force us into the wilderness. And can I say the wilderness is lonely? The wilderness is not a place I want to pitch a tent and stay at. The wilderness is somewhere I want to not enter into. If I have to enter into it, I want to get to it as quick as possible and through it. You know, hear people say often that either you are coming out of a wilderness, in a wilderness, or going into a wilderness. Just like they say, either you're uh, coming, either you're going into a valley, in a valley, or coming out. There's those seasons of life. But I want you to understand that the wilderness situations and seasons that we find ourselves in are for a specific purpose. In Deuteronomy at uh, chapter 8, Verse number two, it says this, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years, watch this, in the wilderness. Now watch what he says. I put you in the wilderness for this, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, 
whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. So there are times that we run into the wilderness. There's times that God leads us into the wilderness, but nonetheless, God uses the wilderness for a specific purpose. He humbles us. You see, you and I are full of pride. And if you don't think you're full of pride, there lies the pride, right? You and I are big on ourselves. We're big on thinking we are something. We're big on thinking we can do it without God. All of this is pride. And God has to allow circumstances, trials, wilderness experiences to come into our life to humble us and then to prove us. He has to test us to know what is in our heart to see whether we'll keep his commandments or not. It's one thing for you and I to say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But it's another thing to display that in action based on our circumstances, based on what is going on in our lives. It's easy to mouth off. And I can say it. Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I would do this just like, what did Peter say? Lord, I'll follow thee all the way to death. And then we find him. I don't know him. I don't know this guy. Absolutely not. You're crazy. I don't have anything to do with him. Completely denying him and cursing. You see, we can find ourselves in the same situation. So God uses these wilderness experiences to promote growth in our life, to try us and prove us, honestly, for you and I to see who we really are. Not that just God can see, but we can see who we really are. When you go through the wilderness experiences in life and you come out on the other side, you're going to discover more about yourself than you would have ever discovered not going through it. When the trials that come into your life, the, the medical crisis, the financial crisis, the heartbreak from a breakup, when these trials come into your life, a loss of a job, whatever it is, and we can go down the list, but whatever it is, those trials come in, and as God works through them, you and I learn more about ourselves and that we can grow And whether, hey, no, I said I would do that and be true to Jesus, but guess what? I failed. I wasn't honest. I wasn't true to him. I wasn't willing to follow him all the way through. So these wilderness experiences are for a specific purpose. Think about Elijah. He fled in fear to the wilderness, desiring to end his life right on the end of a mountaintop experience. He just watched God bring down fire from heaven on a wet, wet altar. We had seen him answer Elijah's prayer for it not to rain for three and a half years and then for it to rain. And immediately, because of the words of Jezebel, Elijah flees for his life and he goes, the Bible says, into the wilderness. But God found him there and spoke to him there. And God met him and God grew him. And Elijah would come back out. Hagar was sent to the wilderness, not because of her own choice, but because of Sarah, who was jealous of her and her son Ishmael. And so she runs out into the wilderness, and God met her there. God ministered to her while she's crying, brokenhearted, lost, not knowing what to do. And God even blessed her in the wilderness. God sent Abraham into the wilderness in order to make him of a great nation. The nation of Israel was birthed in the wilderness. Moses worked in the backside of the desert. That's the same word used in scripture for wilderness, keeping his father-in-law's sheep. Guess what? All Moses was doing was going to work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, or 7.30 to 4.30, whatever your hours are. Every day, the same thing, and life seemed mundane and boring. You ever feel like that? 
It's the same thing again. Man, the laundry's stacking up. Got to go to work. Got to cut the grass. Same thing week in, week out. Burning bush. And God would speak to him. And God would reveal his will to him. And God would perform a miracle. And God, all that happened where? In the wilderness. God allowed Saul to force David into the wilderness. It wasn't David's choice. It was Saul who became jealous of David and tried to attack him and send him out into the wilderness for years. But guess what? In that wilderness experience, that's where David penned so many of the psalms that you and I receive ministering from. Millions of people's hearts have been ministered to by the writing of those psalms. Jesus was led into the wilderness to prepare him for his three and a half years of ministry and the ultimate sacrifice of his life for our salvation. So I want you to understand wherever you find yourself, when you find yourself in a wilderness, if you're there now, it is a place that God works. For Jesus, it was actually the Spirit of God that led him there. Why? To see what he would do, to prove him, to test him. It's not, and I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God tempted him. God led him to a place where Satan could tempt him. But understand, the Spirit never left Jesus. And when you're in the wilderness, you're never alone in the wilderness. We think alone. We think desert. We think desolate, uninhabitable place. But you are never alone, no matter how desolate the wilderness may seem in your life, no matter how isolated, no matter how lonely you feel, the Holy Spirit of God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, will never leave you. And therefore, the wilderness that you're walking through is a place of growth. You may not can see it, you may not can understand it, but God uses the wilderness experiences to humble us, to prove us, to test us, to see what kind of person, man or woman that we are. He uses it for the express purpose to grow us and to bring us to the place that we need to be so that he can use us in a greater way. You see, it was the wilderness that prepared Jesus for his most important part of his life. All aspects of his life were important, but the wilderness experience is what prepared him for the ultimate sacrifice of him giving his life. He even there in the garden said, Lord, is there not another way this could happen? But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Why? Because he had already uh, been led into the wilderness to be tempted, and he walked through that and grew through it. So God uses the wilderness to cut and remove things from our life. He uses it to refine us and mold us. He uses it to produce growth in our life that he could not otherwise produce. And so maybe you feel you are in a wilderness or you've been in a wilderness. You're you're in a lonely place where you just can't seem to hear from God, where you just can't seem to feel his presence. Maybe you feel like you've been there for a very, very long time. But you know God is with you. Regardless of how you feel, we can't, we can't trust our emotions. We can't trust how we feel. You and I have to learn to speak truth to ourselves. Truth is that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never leaves us. He's always there no matter how we feel. And so the wilderness for us can be a physical place. It could be a mental place. But what I want us to know is this, the wilderness is a place that God can lead us to or someone else can force us into or our decisions can make us find ourselves there in a wilderness, but God will use it for our good 
to humble us, to test us in order to grow us and to mold us and make us into the vessels and the people, the man and woman, the young man, young girl that he wants us to be so that he can use us in a greater way for his kingdom and for his glory. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.